Welcome back to Podside, everyone. And uh, we're going to be doing a little holiday treat um, just for all of you from all of us. And who is all of us? Well, of course, this is me, Carlo, uh, speaking to you. But I am joined by um, at least two other ghosts of the season. Please present yourselves. Hi. I'm the ghost of Christmas past, and I'll be showing you all the times that you uh, tripped over and stubbed your toe. Uh, hi, I'm I'm the ghost of a podcast present, uh, and I will be showing you all of the ums and and ahs and and clicks and clanks and cats making noises in the background that are that are happening on other podcasts tonight. <laughs> you, you will haunt this transmission yes. with every cleared throat. <laughs> yes, you will. You will visit other podcasts that you could have guested on tonight had you not turned them down to to podcasts with Gary Vaynerchuk to to advance your career. Bah, Podbug is what I say. <laughs> but so, uh, if you haven't picked up on the hints and you haven't read the title, we are talking about the 1988 Richard Donner film Scrooged, of course, featuring in the title role. Uh, Bill Murray uh, as uh, and shit. I'm gonna screw this up right right off the bat. Uh, it's Frank Cross. Frank Cross. There we go. I keep on I kept on forgetting what his last name was. All right. So um, so it, it had had you seen this before? Either one of you? Both of you? Oh yeah. Uh, this was you know this is a TV staple, and anytime I would come across it, uh, I would definitely check out as much as I could. I had also seen it before. Um, I don't know that I ever actually sat down and watched it all the way through. Um, that might be a first for for me, literally just sitting down and watching it. And there were there were a few things that like I, I don't know I, I I had ever seen the parts uh, with the uh, the ghost of of Christmas Past before. Actually, I definitely mm -hmm. saw Present and Future, um, mm -hmm. but Past is kind of the best one. So I was uh, it was it was a nice neat surprise. Yeah, with. No, none other than uh, David Johansson as the Ghost of Christmas yes, the, Past. the singer of the New York Dolls, I believe. Yeah, oh, also, yeah. Uh, Buster Point Dexter. I, I really wish Pete was here so he could <laughs> chime in and say, you know, no relation. You know what's weird? You know what's weird is how much he looks like young Benicio Del Toro. <laughs> well, um, to be honest with you right now, he looks like old Benicio yeah. Del Toro. <laughs> <laughs> It, it is really funny, uh, but uh, but yeah, he's he's really great. He gives a lot of energy to that uh, whole sequence, uh, and and we also have um, Murray. Uh, this is the film of Murray excellence because mm -hmm. we have Bill Murray, Joel Murray, uh, Brian Doyle Murray. Uh, what's his his younger brother, John Murray? Uh, all of them in here <laughs> in different roles. Uh, Joel Murray, uh, we probably anyone who's watched Mad Men probably knows mm. him a little bit more uh, clearly. He doesn't have much more than just like a, a weird cameo and or walk on walk off role. Um, but but so let me ask you, uh, because, Chris, I, I do think that probably I'm going to guess that you have you watched this. And it became sort of like a maybe a Christmas thing that you watch now. <laughs> Yeah, uh, absolutely. Yeah, like this is one of the like I have a couple that I kind of like rotate so I don't watch them every year. So like it's like this and Christmas Vacation and of course you know to be v very uh, you know 
Reddit. I, I, I do watch Die Hard around Christmas time, so uh, I apologize. It's, it's, it's fine. You know, you make yourself a little a little thing of epic bacon on Christmas Day. That's right. Yeah. And you go for it. Oh, boy, boy, go to the store and buy me the biggest tray of epic bacon they have. <laughs> I say flumpity foo foo, sir. There'll be there'll be an upvote for you in your when you come back. Uh I so so I may have already made this joke on another episode, but I, I'm just going to say it again. Um, the first the, the first Christmas movie that I watched this year uh, was the the Australian um, film Wake and Fright, <laughs> which, which I didn't realize uh, technically takes place over Christmas. Um, and then I was literally watching it on like December 1st at, you know, like one in the morning. And I was like, oh, this is this is a Christmas movie. So so so, Chris, uh, if you haven't seen Wake and Fright, you would you would love it. It's very oh. much a your type of uh, film. And, and you can add that to the rotation. I, I have absolutely seen Wake okay. and Fright. And it is. Yes, that that's, you know, it, nothing screams Christmas like a good old kangaroo hunt. Yeah. <laughs> Well, I mean, just the title alone makes me think of Christmas Eve when you hear when <laughs> you right. hear the the, the, cl- the jolly old elf himself do yeah. a B and E on your house. Yeah, that, that, um, that clatter, you know. So uh, let me ask you this, because I, I had a, a obviously Puerto Rico does not have chimneys. Did did you guys not have chimneys when you were your kids, or did you have weird explanations as to how like Santa came down, came in and dropped off your gifts? Any ones that you remember at least? Um, I, I I didn't have a chimney until like fourth or fifth grade, um, and I don't remember if I ever like got an explanation for what Santa was up to before then. Uh, <laughs> You never asked because the deal was just too sweet. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. So, so I definitely asked about that. Um, I have never lived in a house with a functional um, fireplace or, or or chimney. I, I've lived in two houses that had like bricked over fireplaces where they still oh, had no. they still had like like the mantle, um, and you uh-huh. can see that the fireplace had been there, but they they had you know like uh, closed it off. Um, uh, and I never, remember never, I, never to be unbricked. <laughs> you don't want to know what's behind there. <laughs> I, but okay, I remember, I, I remember my my father telling me that Santa could come down the exhaust tube uh, for <laughs> like like the HVAC unit. Um, and I I have told my own daughter uh, this as well. But my grandmother um, did uh, did have a uh, a fireplace, and and so I took some solace in that. But mm. but I, I, I hear. Here's something though to to chew on is um there's a book called the Santa Claus book by Alden Perkis um and it is it, it is a um a, a kind of pseudo uh not not documentarian book it's like a pseudo nonfiction book that purports to be from like a a guy who went to visit Santa Claus so to make like a, like a coffee table book like a behind the <laughs> like a behind the scenes look at you know how Santa operates and and like, um yeah like from and Vanity they, Fair or something or, or like, like a Tashin yeah. like a Tashin book <laughs> exactly yeah yeah but um they 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 definitely included a bit about how like you know S- Santa Claus can come down any you know any size aperture 
Um, <laughs> nobody knows how, or sometimes he just uses the front door. Well, uh, <laughs> there's that bit in um, the Santa Claus uh, with an E where he like they they have like it's like a radiator or something like that, and it like converts to a fireplace <laughs> that he comes out of. Uh, so that, that, that I think that maybe that was my uh, thought process when I was a kid. <laughs> I Cre- really like create... how that movie, by the way, is is basically like a werewolf, uh, yeah, uh, story, but with, <laughs> or, with Santa, yeah, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> an American Santa Claus at the North Pole. <laughs> Uh, so yeah, so I also asked, uh, and it being Puerto Rico, there are no chimneys in Puerto Rico. It is, it is far too warm, even Christmas for you to have a a fireplace. So, um, the, the, the house that we lived in was basically like, um, just a concrete house. You just sort of like with, uh, you know, gates, uh, iron gates covering up the carport. And that was uh, like the entrance uh, to the house as well. And so I asked and my parents said, oh, well, see, Santa has the keys to every house in the world. Oh. <laughs> he's like he's like the assassin from uh, like Samurai. <laughs> well, he, he's he's the key guy from, uh, from what is it? Matrix. Uh, is it yes. Revolutions? Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> well, uh, you know, that, got, like, that a actor huge um, janitor is key. also the. Uh, He's also the the gyro captain um, from uh, oh. Mad Max uh, Two, and and he and uh, the 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 pilot I think his name is in in Mad Max Beyond Thunderdome. Yes, I forget his wow. name. Wow, Carlo, what what is Santa Claus known as in Puerto Rico? Santa Claus. Ah. <laughs> just of course, you just sort of put a little spin on it. Um, I mean, there is there is a, a very famous Puerto Rican uh, short story which is uh, called Santa Claus viene a la cuchilla, which is uh, Santa Claus comes to the knife's edge. Which the knife's edge is, is referring <laughs> it's referring to a mountain like a, a like these mountains, okay. which is okay. like a, little t- a village up in the mountains, right? So they're right on the edge of the the mountains, and so uh, the 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 meter you know the 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 teacher there tries to americanize the kids by telling them about santa claus and uh he sort of like weirdly builds it up because like he dresses in red and this that and the other and when the he comes back dressed all in red they think he's the fucking devil and everyone <laughs> like flees <laughs> <laughs> so, <laughs> so they're just like el diablo and just take <laughs> off um, it is, it is a, a funny story because it's sort of like a, obviously sort of like this, uh, lack of context between two cultures. Yeah. Uh, because, uh, usually Puerto Rico now has, uh, you know, regular Christmas, but then also three Kings day, which is on, uh, January 6th. Oh yeah. So then, uh, the, in Puerto Rico, the three Kings don't use camels. They, they bring their little horses because they, they've regionalized it. Uh, why would they be riding camels in Puerto Rico? That's right. Horses, silly. Come on. <laughs> and you got to go out the night before, like on January 5th, if you're a kiddo, you go out with a little shoe box and you just pluck some grass from the front yard and you leave it under your bed. And that's your payment to the to the three kings is to just leave some grass for their for their mounts. Nice. So, you know, it's pretty simple. Yeah. Um so yeah, let's uh let's let's talk about Scrooge obviously uh, modeled or based on uh uh great uh, expectations by Yes, yes, yes. <laughs> Sing oh muse of the rage of Achilles. Oh wait, no, that's the Iliad. Um 
Can I <laughs> can I start this off with a hot take? Go and for this it. is this is a really hot take. Um I kind of feel like Bill Murray is the weakest part of this film. Ooh. That hmm. is a hot take. I think I That's... do this, I, I think I disagree <laughs> with you. Like so I appreciated that he uh, like I, I I can see where you're coming from and like when when I was like you know being the the film nerd I am I was dutifully logging this on Letterboxd and checking out all my other friends uh, <laughs> reviews and stuff like that and that is a common sentiment uh, but personally uh, I I think his like kind of like ironic detachment which is like very obvious. Uh, I, you know, and that's kind of just Bill Murray's mode, at least for like mm-hmm. later career Murray stuff. Um, he, I, I think it works because for me, at least it works because I think like, you know, he's, you know, Mr. Boss man, Mr. Executive in the first half. And he's all like, you know, he's like, he, he just doesn't, everything's beneath him, like including all of his people who work for him and stuff like that. Like, I don't know. I, it worked for me. And then, and then like, you know, his, his over the top warm and fuzzy uh, speech at the end, I think also he, he like really goes for it. So, so I actually agree with both things that you said. Um, I think Bill Murray is terrific as like the asshole. Yeah. Um, he's got a real weird, I, I've never really seen him play a role like this anywhere else. Um, and I can't think of anything off the top of my head uh, yeah. where he's We're- kind of like like the business asshole. There's there's probably something that I'm I'm not thinking of, um, but but he's like he's he's a very off putting as the network president, and I I agree that that's the part where I was like oh wow like this is like this is really good like all that stuff it go- goes on the 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 pre fantastical stuff goes on in this a lot longer. Mm-hmm. Um, than in most uh, Christmas Carol adaptations, yeah. Um, and then at the end, uh, which I I I have another take for, um, but for that I'll save for later. Uh, works <laughs> works well. Where yeah, he's just really going for it. And I think that works really well. The part that that I get kind of tired of the Bill Murray shtick, and it's because it kind of just turns into him doing like the Venkman shtick, except there's no other Ghostbusters on screen is like the middle chunk of the movie. Pretty Mm -hmm. much like after I would say the ghost of Christmas past was that that stuff was, was, was great. Um, It was about the middle of the ghost of Christmas uh, present uh, played by uh, the great Carol Kane, Mm -hmm. um, where I started to get tired of Bill Murray doing Bill Murray isms. Mm -hmm. Um, And it, at, at that point it just felt like, like Venkman had wandered in from the wrong film and was just like, you know, acting in this film. Um, and I, I, I don't know. It just, it's, it's, it's good. Bill Murray. I like, I like Bill Murray, but it, it, it made me wish that there were, um, that the, there was a moment that wasn't quite as ironically de- detached because that, that to me, um, robs the, the story it, a, a, of a little bit of, the sincerity of mm. of the ending where like like and i think that's why i like the ghost of christmas past part because there was a bit of sincerity and then once you get out of that it's just like okay he's just gonna be wacky bill murray through to the end although you're right and i agree the end of the film he's he's in top form again i think it's yeah. just the middle i kind of felt like, like he was languishing yeah I, I i can see that i i, I can i can yeah yeah I, you know what I am going to uh I'm going to say that you're probably right Kurt. Uh it is it is one of those sections where it feels like it's lagging a little bit. 
And uh, if I take off like my sort of every other time I've seen this uh, and, and I'm a little truthful about it, the that middle part does seem to last a little too long. Mm-hmm. And I don't know if it's if it's actually that it lasts a little too long or it's simply you get tired of, you know, exactly what's going on. It could be through repetition. It could be a combination of that and Bill Murray sort of just doing, like you said, the Bill Murray thing. Um, I did want to point out that uh, apparently he had taken a break uh, for four years, uh, oh, wow. not not doing any movies before he took this on, uh, in part because like he had done Ghostbusters and obviously that was yep. – he, he himself thought that was like the peak – uh, sort of performance of his career. Uh, he he wasn't going to be able to top it, but he did try to uh, uh, be in The Razor's Edge. Oh, which yeah. Which was like uh, a, a dramatic, uh, you know, trying to him, him trying to show off his dramatic side. Um, and I, I don't know. I have not seen this film, uh, but I also think that it's probably a question of did he, was he actually bad or did people think that he was supposed to be doing comedy and therefore they judged it on that? I don't know. It, you know, it's it, it is worth mentioning. Um, he 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 had done dramatic roles a little bit before then. In particular, the 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 one that occurs to me is uh, where the buffalo roam, uh, which I have not seen, but he plays Hunter S. Thompson. Um, in that, that's a, a good uh, movie. Yeah, it, no, I, I, I understand that it's not, it's not like a straightforward drama either. But, um, but you know, he, he was definitely trying to, to, to do things that weren't just, you know, being, being Bill Murray. Whereas, I, I, I think, you know, his later career, especially, especially in the '90s, it was kind of a rediscovery of the fact that no people just kind of want Bill Murray. Yeah. Uh, uh, Osmosis Jones, uh, a good example of that, which, which I very much enjoy the Bill Murray parts. <laughs> <laughs> You know, I, I I'm not entirely sure if I've seen all of Osmosis Jones. It's a great uh, and very serious uh, science fiction film. Yes, <laughs> I love it. Definitely it's really it's it's really Inside Out Part One. Um. <laughs> <laughs> okay, okay, so so um, let me let me recover from my hot take with uh, what I think is probably a fairly lukewarm take, which is um. The the part of this movie that blew me away that I didn't remember being as good as it was is motherfucking Bobcat Goldthwait as Elliot Loudermilk, <laughs> the, the 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 kind of Doctor Jekyll and Mister Hyde manifestation of Bob Cratchit because this this film this film is kind of is kind of like an oops all Cratchits situation <laughs> where there's there's kind of like there's kind of like three or four different Bob Cratchit characters because you 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 have you have um his assistant. Uh, is it Karen? Is that her name? I'm totally blanking on. Um, oh, you're talking about um, uh, Grace. Uh, Grace, yes, Grace. Grace. Yeah, mm-hmm. uh, yeah. Because so, so you 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 have Grace, who is the 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 the, the closer to one to one Bob Cratchit, where she has she has a son um who is a nonverbal. Um, and, and you kind of get, you know, like images of, of, of her family, you know, joyously celebrating Christmas. Um, but then you also have, uh, Bill Murray's, uh, brother, um, played by his, his literal brother who, who also is kind of doing a Cratchit. Although, although there is also, um, I actually, I I guess he's, he's more analogous to Scrooge's uh, nephew. Yeah. I I, I guess. Yeah. He's, uh. But then you also have Elliot Loudermilk, who he fires at the beginning of the film, and who like descends into madness <laughs> and 
it comes, yeah. it comes back at the end to, to, to try to kill him within um, like a, a day. <laughs> it's, it's great. It's great. And, yeah. and oh, yeah. he's, he's so funny. And the best part is um, he at the beginning of the film, he's just playing like a normal guy. He's not doing his Bobcat voice. Um, and so like by the end of the film, he's he's gone full gold to wait. Um, and it's a really nice transition. <laughs> Gotta watch out. You can't go full Goldthwait. <laughs> he's he's terrific though because um he he's got one of the funniest uh bits in the film, which is that he he keeps trying to like purchase alcohol to like drink like <laughs> yes, depressively so and and like it keeps getting destroyed or stolen from him or like or or like like he he drops it or someone steals his <laughs> money or <laughs> yeah. <laughs> It's it's actually it feels like one of those bits that uh, you'd see in an older film, like an older comedy yes. type yeah. of film, yeah. where, where he's really hamming it up because he's doing like the physical comedy and like sort of like trembling before he uh, he he unscrews the cap and yeah. he's still got in the little brown bag and like yeah. the, <laughs> the the cab or whatever car just you know splashes him and he's like ah oh, he yells at them and the 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 bag is now sopping wet so it just you know, breaks and, and his drink just falls to the ground and you're like, well, that sucks. Yeah. <laughs> Happens Bob- twice. Bobcat Goldthwait in a general sense is, is, is awesome. Um, for anyone who only remembers him as, you know, like the funny voice guy who would show up in like bit parts in like early nineties films and be like, who's this guy? Oh, my parents are laughing at his presence. I guess it's funny. Um, you know, he's, he's a director now and he's, he's quite a good one. Um, he did a, uh, he did uh, the the film uh, among other things, uh, world's greatest dad mm-hmm. um, with Robin uh, yeah with uh, uh, Robin, Robin Williams, Williams, which which I hated the first time that I saw it, and then it, it was at, like I I watched it again. I was like, oh no, this is actually like like really good. It, it was just one of those like mismatches where I was like I, I was expecting like a different film, and it wasn't what I was expecting, so I wasn't on the right vibe. Um, but he's he's terrific. He's a he's a very smart guy too. Um, and so, but but he he was also yes like a very gifted like is i should say is also like a very gifted physical comedian and the bobcat voice is funny too like, yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> he, he he does he does actually uh almost steal the show at the end too the end, the end is uh, terrific i love mm-hmm. i love i love him like ge- like getting on board at the end <laughs> yeah yeah um so then uh we so we we have the obviously the the three visitations but before that and and to to point out like your 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 point earlier about the uh the beginning part where it's the network stuff going on a little too long I don't know. Um, some of oh, it, no. Some oh, no, of no, really, no, 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 really not, not too long. Not not too long. I actually like that. To, to be yeah, that's okay. Stuff, okay. That stuff I, is just, good. Yeah. No, I mean, I, I just, I just love. Uh, is it Robert Mitchum? Oh yeah, Robert the, Mitchum is, the, is amazing. I love, I love his, his thing about like dogs and cats are starting <laughs> to watch TV. That's that's terrific. Uh, Preston I mean, Rhinelander. Yeah. Yeah. We, yeah. We were just talking uh, uh, before we started about like you know how, you know why would why would X or Y company just you know spend so much money on trying to do like this weird mismatched uh, branding opportunity. Yes, X or Y it's, company. <laughs> <laughs> hmm, I wonder why. Um, so, uh, but but this sort of like it, it really, as I was watching this and thinking about that, I was like, oh yeah, yeah. Some, yeah. some guy thought that, you know, oh, we should probably talk about, you know, how cool the U.S. military is to kids. Yep. Because you know, you never know. Oh, oh! Speaking of which, the the opening fake out um, with <laughs> uh, with with the the like 
the the like the the action the uh sorry the the like the the Lee Majors starring like act <laughs> super uh like like super soldier Santa Claus action takeoff where like Mrs. Yeah. Claus goes and throws open the cupboard and starts handing out um M16s to, to the elves at the North Pole is is terrific and honestly I would literally I, I would have watched that movie if it had just yeah, I would watch it. I mean <laughs> tune in tune in this Thursday at 9 p.m. Eastern 10 central you, you, you know the that day re- the reindeer died <laughs> exactly that reminds me of uh two very good weird owl songs that i loved as a kid uh number one is the day that santa went crazy where mm-hmm. santa's just like starts like shooting up everybody uh and then the second one is uh ground zero at the north pole or something i forget christmas what, I think at ground zero christmas at ground zero song, that's yeah. it uh and there's so yeah i recommend everybody you know fold that in with your nat king cole and your big prosby and everything speaking speaking of nat king cole and other musicians of that uh ilk uh did you guys know that when they're when he meets up with his brother his younger brother who's trying to like you know oh you should come over for christmas or whatever they pass by and it's it's obviously it's paul schaefer from mm-hmm. the old david letterman show but yep. there's a cameo by miles davis is in there as well oh Oh. i didn't i didn't know that that's amazing (laughs) wow yeah it's uh let me i'm trying to remember now uh it's it's like three really fucking great musicians uh let me see here it's paul schaefer larry carrollton sorry larry carrollton and david david sanborn there we go yeah wow I yes. always have the Wikipedia page for the movie open already. It's my secret <laughs> on these podcasts. <laughs> I have it open. I needed to search, sir. Um, uh, yeah, that was that was terrific. Uh, I love the use of uh, diegetic music. Yeah, <laughs> always a big fan of that. Yep. Um, yeah. So that was that was great. Paul Schaefer lo- showing up in cameos as as Paul Schaefer was, was like a very um, definitely dates this movie to like a very specific like five year <laughs> window when like when like uh like um the, like, the original like, David the Letterman Letterman show, show was big. like at the absolute like peak of its uh, of its popularity. Yeah. Yep. Yep. I I think um putting like uh Bill Bill uh, Murray's character as a TV executive producing a version a live version of christmas carol is a very like clever idea of like because it's it's like kind of like you know as we were chatting earlier carlo it's kind of like starts out as kind of like a piss take on the christmas carol itself like and like it's endless like reiterations uh and then like eventually like after he goes through everything at the end he it becomes it like embraces the 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 uh sentimentality and the actual humanity uh of it of the story mm-hmm yeah, and yeah. The, the 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 thing that's funny about it though is that um uh uh Fr- Frank Cross never really acknowledges that he is going through a Christmas yeah. Carol plotline, which like <laughs> you know, it's it's and it's it's not like one of those uh you know people people in in uh, zombie movies have no name for zombies like like it's not a thing in their world because he's literally producing you know a version of the christmas carol right the uh, and really the only payoff um is that that scene where he runs into the actor 
for the ghost of Christmas future in right. the elevator. And, and he thinks it is the ghost of Christmas future and like freaks out, <laughs> Yeah, um, which, which is a very f- funny gag. But like, apart from that, it doesn't, it doesn't have a lot of payoff, but as like a framing device, it's very funny and it's used very well a lot. Um, Like I really liked how he keeps kind of like, Every time one of the like visions ends, he will like pop up on the set on of, the set <laughs> of, of the show and like like increasingly unhinged. Um, <laughs> that was that was terrific. I really enjoyed that. And also, by the way, I really enjoyed uh, John Glover as uh, Bryce Cummings. Oh, yes, um, oh, terrific. He's so terrific he's so good. performance. Um, and also uh, one of um, you know a, a top tier uh, shady business Bryce. Yes. Uh, you know, as we have seen elsewhere in, you know, such films as uh, American Psycho. Um, great, yeah. great business, Bryce. <laughs> Gre- Gremlins 2, which Gremlins uh, he, 2, reprise, yes. he reprises his his role, except he adds more um, <laughs> more more business personalities to his repertoire. Oh, um, oh, oh to be clear, um, uh, John Glover is not in American Psycho. I, I'm just saying there there is a business, Bryce. Oh, yes. American gotcha. Psycho. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um. So uh, he he's obviously he's visited. Um, Frank Cross uh, is visited by his former boss, uh, <laughs> Lou Hayward, which is such it's such a good scene. This is oh my God. so great. That was like the best scene played, in the film played by John Forsyth. It's it's really scary too because yes. it's like they play it like it's a horror beat. It's not yeah. supposed to be like this. Ha <laughs> Look look. It's he's, gross. It's gross and weird. The effects look really good. Like when the effects he's like, are, um, f- the effects are fantastic. Like, yeah, just, it's it's, ju- it's goopy, which is yeah, not, which is which which you're not expecting because like like he kind of shows up as like a zombie essentially, or you know like like, like a corpse with his with his golf. All- Yes, in 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 uh, tailor made, um, like a uh, golf gear, and and you know he's he, and, and like, well, like a and, golf and ball falls like f- like falls out of his head. Um, yeah, well, he he comes in trailing his little uh, golf cart. Too, yeah, yeah, that's yeah, right. Yeah. Clubs, the the clubs, I should um, say. Yeah, but but yeah, when um when he's like holding Frank out of the window, and Frank is like clawing at his arm, like the flesh starts peeling off his arm, and they have like goop in there. It's not it's not just like. Like the Indiana Jones, you know, dust comes out of the skeleton thing. It's like it's like goopy and gross, and it's yeah, yeah it's ter- it's terrific. It's it's almost it's it almost has like a Gremlins tone. Actually, speaking of mm-hmm. Gremlins, um, in that scene, and that 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 was like I would have watched a lot more, uh, of uh, John Forsyth as a uh, Lou Hayward. Terrific, terrific performance there. Absolutely, and terrific like <laughs> effects work. Just just great, and his his eyes are missing. Everything about that I I love, and it's so eighties. Yes. It's so there's, there's a bunch of things in this film that are very 80s, um, and that is one of the most 80s uh, scenes. So love it. Yeah, well, love it. B- uh, Bill Bill Cosby or not Bill Cosby? Jesus, Bill Murray. <laughs> Bill Murray um, in, drinking his vodka with a uh, tab. <laughs> that's that's super 80s. <laughs> like, I just want to say God. I love tab. By the way, tab is delicious. Um, if if anyone out there has black market tab lying around from like 1995, I will buy it off of you. Uh, DM me on Twitter. <laughs> Uh, I will absolutely buy tab uh, off of you. I will say that supposedly uh, Coke Zero is apparently just the supposedly the the tab formula. Um, I love tab. Interesting. It's great. Okay. Great. Great. Great soda. But yes, uh, the tab was was great. I love later on in the film when he's like he's just putting like a a couple drops of tab. Yes. Like a glass full of vodka. (laughs) He's like he's like shaking the can to try like yeah. Uh, As as much vodka. Yeah. 
I, I, I love, and you, you know what is also very 80s, but also works so well, is um, when they're showing the promos at the very beginning of like the shows that are going to be coming on IBC, which is the channel that uh, Bill Murray works for, uh, the logo is like this, like, uh, it's a wreath, but it's like made out of this like jagged metal wreath. <laughs> it was just like, that was just such a perfect touch. I, I also think that uh, speaking to uh, very, very eighties uh, thing, which is uh, was it Robert Goulet, the Swamp Christmas? <laughs> yes, yeah. yes. Robert Goulet's uh, old fashioned Cajun Christmas, <laughs> old fashioned Cajun Christmas. I mean, yeah. that's like essentially just his- uh, Evan Otter's drug pan Christmas. Is well, that's exactly right. Cajun. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> But like I, I just I love the the thing where he's like pulling the the boat and singing, and then like he glances behind him nervously, and there is a gator. You know? Yeah. Uh, anyway, so uh, he's visited by his old boss, who tells him that he will, you know, that he's the Jacob Marley of the of the of the tale, and uh, and then you know he's visited. Uh, I, I do love the sequence where he tricks the old lady uh, out of the cab. That was great. Yes, that was <laughs> <Yeah>. good. <laughs> but, uh, did, did you catch? I think though, you dropped something. Did. Did did you catch though? It's not um, it it's not he will be visited in in one night. He will be visited throughout the following day, right? Because um, yeah, because the next day is Christmas Eve. Yes, uh, and, and they were be they were going to show the 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 Christmas Carol was going to be a live production on Christmas Eve night. Mm-hmm. What what I liked about that though is it be kind of it kind of became like like business appointments almost especially like uh, the first one where he's he's like well you know can we reschedule I'm already booked for noon. <laughs> um, I, I, I thought that that was terrific, uh, and it was like it, 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 it was a funny change, but it, it it worked. And I think the I mean the reason is obvious, so that then he can he could be dropping in on them preparing for the performance. So it, it is a smart it is a smart change. Whereas like you know you you can't really get much more out of Scrooge going back to uh, his you know counting house or whatever it is. Um, but you know not the case uh, with a television studio where you know. Uh, you know, TV never stops. That's right. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah, um, yeah. So then we get the the whole sequence where you know he, we get his sad childhood, where his his older brother uh, Brian Doyle Murphy uh, is his dad, uh, and uh, gifts him instead of the choo choo train that he asked for, five pounds of veal because that. <laughs> That's very, yeah, it's really, really expensive. It is an expensive gift, but not exactly what a child is waiting for <laughs> right. under the tree. Uh, by the way, by the way, uh, a, a five pound veal roast uh, today is anywhere between uh, 90 and uh, $150. I, I looked oh, wow. it up. Uh, h- however, uh, gr- ground veal, ground veal. Um, significantly less, significantly less. Though, <laughs> I, 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 I will say so. Uh, maybe that kid got ripped off. I'm just saying. I, 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 yeah, I, I did think it was a nice um, touch that they don't really make a huge, huge deal of it. Of that, like you know, because of his like his dad was like a butcher and like not really there, and his mom seemed pretty checked out. Um, like his childhood was very much just watching TV, and like that kind of leads into why he was actually you know an exec TV executive later on. Like that's. I thought that was a nice connection. Um, that's not like you know, not super underlined, but it's there. I loved the joke where um, he's like he, he's trying to make the point to uh, the ghost of Christmas past that like he you know he did have wonderful memories and and they're all actually like you know episodes <laughs> of so TV good. shows that yeah yeah <laughs> <laughs> that was that was like that was, that that was a funny. courtship of Eddie's father <laughs> yeah. <laughs> 
It's so good. Uh, yeah, I, I I did love that because it is it is it does show that for him, uh, for Frank, his connections have always been to TV. Yeah, and like the 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 world of the artificial, right, and the the shallowness that that in, that that entails. So he's never really had a strong connection. I think that's why it, it sort of sets him up to have. Um, to to have his you know sort of lost love situation with uh, Karen Allen, who's also great in this, very mm-hmm. charming. Mm-hmm. Uh, but I'm blinking. <laughs> uh, Claire, there we go. Yes, uh, right. Claire. It, you know when he falls for her, he falls for her really hard, and uh, he you know like later on makes the mistake uh, that he's done several times already, which has brought him tragically success which <laughs> right. is to 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 place business and you know what his uh you know the tv business ahead of his personal sort of affairs and and relationships uh dressed as a stupid dog <laughs> i i i have to say it's it's a little bit it's a little confusing um the attempt to adapt uh, the, like the rise of Scrooge, the rise of Scrooge. <laughs> the rise of Scrooge. That's the Zack Snyder. That's the yeah. Zack Snyder version. Tune of in Friday. <laughs> Tune in Friday um, at 10 p.m. for Scro- the rise of Scrooge. Scrooge colon origins. It, it, it seems to be that he starts in like the mailroom essentially, and then he's working as like a as like you know a a background character you know, in a costume on, on, on like a children's show. And then he's the president of, of the network, you know, a few <laughs> years later. And it, it, it feels it, it's, it's smart in that you can kind of see him being like different, you know, di- like different roles in television, mm-hmm. but it is also like a little bit weird. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. It's very, it's very strange. It kind of feels like uh it kind of feels like a first draft idea to an extent where it's like, Oh, this could work. And it's like, it doesn't, but it, it, it could. So, so it, like it, it winds up I mean, in there. It, it's also, you got to remember, this is like, you know, Frank's a boomer, you know, he, he got all the breaks. True. Yeah. yeah true. Yeah. true. So true. this is, this is, you know, perhaps it was not actually, as advertised on TV or movie, this yeah. movie. And, well, and but, keep in mind, uh, Frank, Frank goes out to dinner with his boss and her, his mistress, the boss's true. mistress, and he keeps that quiet. So, you know, that, that that's I, some good leverage there. I have to say, um, and <laughs> maybe this is a shitty thing to say. I kind of feel like if you are a lowly nobody uh, working, you know, uh, in a dog costume on a TV show, and the president of the network is like, "Hey, you should come have dinner with me." I feel like it's okay to reschedule with her family. <laughs> <laughs> I feel like they might understand a little bit. I, yeah. I, oh, like like okay, yes. The way the way that he went about it is is a very sh- shitty way. Um, I and you know I I think that Claire's reaction is reasonable, but but I think there was a way to do that more. <laughs> <laughs> a little bit better, especially because like you're you're expecting um you're expecting uh Lou Hayward to to be like like a shitty business guy and okay he's clearly like clearly having an affair with his secretary, but like he doesn't actually seem like a super shitty business guy the way you're expecting 
right. him. To, mm-hmm. He doesn't seem worthy of being condemned to business hell, uh, <laughs> which I guess is being, you know, the CEO of like Hewlett Packard or something like that. <laughs> well, hey, then you could become the, the ambassador, ambassador to Kenya. Kenya. <laughs> well, uh, don't forget that they also, uh, to your point uh, earlier, Chris, that they're trying to then also coordinate the the live show with like the embassy was yes. in Tel Aviv and yeah. like yeah. In, in Berlin that they were going to have like, <laughs> artists painting. West Berlin. Yes, West, West Berlin. Berlin. This is before, yeah. And they're going to have somebody like painting on the wall and uh, then, you know, like cutting back to the, the show and whatnot. And it's like, Wow, this is this is uh, this is a very um, yeah, ambitious uh, show. <laughs> yeah, uh, that, it, it's also that like Frank is going in weird, like because like um, Americans traditionally don't have like big like live television stuff on Christmas Eve, uh, like that seems much more of like a British type thing. But uh, I wonder if they used to though. Um, I don't really remember it, but. It- <sighs> I feel like it was probably more of a thing at 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 some point. I wouldn't Maybe. be surprised. I mean, if it this was. is this is 1988, so it's probably a reaction to the start of CNN more than anything. Uh, oh, that that's a good point. I wasn't thinking about yeah. that. Yeah, yeah. Um. By the way, uh, a a a West Berlin story. Um. One of my first jobs was working in a copy and print shop. Um. And in in which capacity, I frequently had to cut very large stacks of paper like 800 to 1200 sheets at, at a time which you do with a, a basically a hydraulic press which has you know a fairly sharp blade and and you know crushes you know the the cutting blade through the uh the stack of paper um and there were two shops and I worked at both of them but one of them had a very old and janky and weird uh paper cutter um and uh one time I was looking at the side of it and I noticed that it said manufactured in West Germany, <laughs> which which I, I I thought was delightful and certainly confirmed everything that uh, I needed to know about that particular company, as well as that particular paper press. So. <laughs> anyway, so um, so we 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 get the entire sequence from Christmas past. Uh, Frank is left sort of sitting at. In the in the audience of his own sort of wacky uh, dog mascot show or whatever, uh, I, I did I did like that uh, you know oh well Frank if you if you're so smart tell me what's going on yeah <laughs> I know I know what's going on and he it's like suddenly like it pans out and he's the 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 ghost is on a TV screen on like on a monitor mm-hmm. and just like well I gotta go <laughs> so <laughs> he's like what's going on. <laughs> Okay, so so here's something weird. Um, is it feels almost like the ghosts of past and present are switched, right? Because normally past is like very sincere, and is kind of like a, a, like a small, you know, mystical yeah, like ghost. It, whereas yes, present right. is like a goofy, silly one. And I think yep. the reason is because they're like, well, we want one of them to be to be like a cab driver, and if they're going to be going into the past, we can do almost like a back to the future thing with like, like the fair meter ticking down, you know, backwards through the years. Um, but because Carol Kane is also kind of like wacky, there is no real like sincere ghosts. <laughs> They're both kind of wacky. That's a good point. Yeah. Well, ghost of Christmas future, which is very sincere, also very scary. Yeah. <laughs> 
Um, <laughs> I mean, I guess if you don't speak, you can be very sincere, right? Right. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> um, what What do you guys think of uh, the Carol Kane performance? Because I was, I I feel like I understood it only because I understand, you know, like the sort of role that you put Carol Kane in a movie to play. And I feel like it's one of those things, kind of like Bill Murray, where like if you want a Bill Murray role, you kind of need to get Bill Murray. There's also like a Carol Kane type role where you mm. get Carol Kane. And I, I feel like somebody who who isn't old enough to have seen other Carol Kane roles would be like, what the fuck is going on here? <laughs> why is she why is she being weirdly like a, a combination of innocent, horny, and violent? It's very confusing. Yeah. <laughs> it's almost like it's almost like uh it, it's it's almost like like uh l- like dark chaos mode sh- uh, Shelley Duvall or something. <laughs> uh it, you know I I've honestly never really questioned it. Um I've always kind of just accepted it like cuz I have you know like you say I I'm, I'm you know familiar with Carol Carol uh excuse me Carol Kane. Uh and so uh but yeah, it, it, but like, I, and I guess it's kind of like you know he needs he he's not you know he kind of needs to be you know t- beaten up a little bit to kind of get the point. So, um, but yeah, I, I think anybody like you know even like a couple years younger than us would probably yeah. be like, what the, if you, what the hell? If you didn't see Taxi or Taxi right. reruns, yes. you're gonna be exactly. like, what is going on here? Exactly. Yes. Um, and by the way, I discovered this when I made what I thought uh, was a very good. Uh, Twitter joke when somebody had posted this video of uh, Assad driving around in a car um, and I I posted a version of it with the taxi music and people were like what is this and they were all posting like versions with the uh, Sopranos music and I was like this th- this clearly fits taxi much better than the Sopranos but I discovered that most people on Twitter don't remember taxi oh. uh, so it's so it's a shame but that by by the way the taxi theme song is a terrific song. Anyway. Oh yeah. Anyway. Absolutely. Anyway, Carol Kane is is great. Oh, you know what? You, you know what else people would um would know her from though is uh, the Princess Bride, albeit under a great deal yes. of makeup. Oh yes. yeah. Yeah. Um. Yeah. Yeah. At this point, Princess Bride, uh, because uh, Adam's family is still four years in the future from here. Yeah. Um. But but yeah, I I do think that uh, when I first saw this, it it was jarring, right? Because she's like supposed to be like this little fairy, and she's you know it's Carol Kane. She's she's very um, sort of like uh, dainty and cute, and you know like all that stuff. And here she is, you know, obviously, what is it? She she has the ball breaker uh, suite. Yes. The, is the <laughs> side cracker suite? Yes. Uh, and so you you go well. What's what is going on here? And uh, so yeah, I I think it was sort of weird to me, and then it slowly sort of just made sense because it's like one of those things that you you sort of start getting in tune with the vibe of the movie, and it's just a weird thing. Apparently, um, she uh, they were going to use a body double for her to do like her little uh, ballet moves and stuff like that. And uh, she had been practicing some. I guess somebody saw her practicing, and they said, "You know what? That's funny. Let's <laughs> we'll just do it with with her moves, uh, her quote horrible moves is what I what I, I was reading." And uh, she was like very upset because she she actually did uh, strike Bill Murray a couple of times. <laughs> uh, 
so yeah, maybe maybe uh, not uh, super well trained in in physical uh, action scenes or, or of that kind, but uh, apparently she she would cry because she she felt bad about the the violence that she was enacting. It, it's a very strange performance, but uh, weirdly, I don't know. It, it's it sort of became became something that completely worked for me. Yeah, hmm. it it. It fits in a very uh, '80s way. It, it it fits. It's a good. I, I don't know. It's it's funny in a way that stuff isn't always mm-hmm. funny now. I don't know. There's like, an an actress or an actor like Carol Kane is is interesting because, um, and part of this might just be that you know it's it, she's someone who that who I grew up with as opposed to someone who came along later. But I I feel like there's a there's a there's a strangeness. Um, to her persona that isn't present in a lot of like modern, you know, there's, there's, there's actors like that who kind of, who kind of are like, like Saturday Night Live alumni often. Um, Mm -hmm. And her persona feels much more genuine and like idiosyncratic and less just like, you know, off the shelf um, than than the modern version. I think, I think I I get what you're saying, which is like, I I think that to your point, like someone like Carol Kane or um, who was the other guy on uh, on Taxi? Uh, Andy Kaufman. Andy Kaufman. Yeah. Andy Kaufman. Just fucking weirdos, like real, honest to god weirdos in real life, right? Who have you know just gotten in front of a camera and somehow that weirdness that they that they just are is part of like their persona as well. Well, and and I think it's a good comparison to um, Bobcat Goldthwait, where you could he could take that character um, from project to project, and it work it fits and works in all these different things, and you know that's that's kind of how people know them, um, rather than like you know just doing a different character in each each thing. Yeah, like like you you can't get you can't get another actor to play the Carol Kane role or the Bobcat Goldthwait role without it being a different character. In this exactly, film, yeah. right? Whereas, like a modern version of this, you would just need like a yelly, shouty oh, SNL God. type. It'd be Kristen Wiig. It'd be yes. Kristen Wiig. Yeah. Well. Or, oh God. Or, or I mean, it could be Kristen Wiig. It could be I don't know. You know, it it could be like like uh like uh, Leslie Jones, who who often gets cast in roles like this. Although I I actually think that she's she's you know a very good. Uh, comedian and just kind of gets like typecast in those yeah. roles, but but yeah, yeah it's it's a uh, it's like a much more specific persona that feels like it comes out of like oh like small weird theater stuff. Uh, Could you imagine uh, Kate McKinnon in this role? Uh, it would blah, be awful. Blah. It would be so bad. Uh, <laughs> you know, it's a really good late period uh, Carol Kane performance. She's really good at Kimmy Schmidt. She is exceptionally she is, funny. Yeah, she is. Yes. Yes. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I agree. Um, so yeah, uh, and and so that's where we get to see like uh, like Grace's family and uh, her kid, who you know she she then tells him that you know she tells him directly that the kid hasn't really spoken since he saw his was it since he was five and saw his dad killed, you know, uh, and so that sets up why you know like a little bit of pathos for um, the kid because we see him. <laughs> Initially, where his brothers and sisters have dressed him up as a Christmas tree, yeah. <laughs> and just 
it's sort of funny, but it's also cruel in the way that kids can be cruel. And I don't know that you'd see that type of thing these days either. Mm-hmm. Uh, it's it's not a particularly woke oh. uh, scene, but oh. then kids aren't woke either. Another another thing that you wouldn't see in the modern version of this film that I really liked, and I was very struck by this, is um, the the depiction of the comparative poverty or like you know st- struggling byness uh of um his uh, assistant's um character uh what's her name uh carol carol grace 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 um yeah. uh versus her like high, her like apparently high status job as you know like the executive assistant to a ceo um mm-hmm. like if if the in the modern version of this the assistant to the CEO is would also be depicted as a rich person, um, even though that is probably not the case. And the way that it depicts this as it's like, this is a person who is expected to, you know, have expensive clothes, work for rich people um, in what appears to be a high status job, but is probably actually very underpaid and badly treated um, mm-hmm. is a kind of an element of class politics that, that really stood out to me that I don't think you would get. Uh, nowadays, be, nowadays you would get something more like uh, like like the Devil Wears Prada type viewpoint of this, where it's like, oh, they're they're mistreated, but they would still be like very very bourgeois. Um, in, instead of this kind of like weird uh, mishmash of like b- borderline working class and you know a like seemingly high status job. Um, so mm-hmm. I I appreciated that because it underlines the hypocrisy of. Uh, Frank Cross's character. Yeah. Oh yeah. 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 It's 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 really good. And you know, like that's one of the first things that the that the ghost. I was gonna say the fairy of Christmas present um, beats the, the shit of, out of him. Beats the <laughs> shit out of him. Is basically uh, it tells him you know well she deserves a raise, <laughs> and he's like oh let me check my it's just like keeps on slapping him until he's he's like okay yeah uh, yeah she she d- deserves a raise you know and uh, so. That is one thing that, um, you know, uh, the ghost of Christmas present believes in direct action, I guess. Uh, uh, so, uh, and then what, where else do they, oh, to his brother's house where they're playing like uh, Trivial Pursuit or whatever, right? Which was yeah. what was was kind of whatever. I felt like that could have been rolled into one of the other characters. I almost feel like that would have been better if they had hit some of those same story beats um in like his his assistant's family or 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 something i i get why they didn't um but it if that was that was i think where i was starting to feel a little bit overstuffed because i didn't really i don't, I don't really care about uh his uh his you know brother and also like they genuinely like him which okay, I don't know if this is the if this is like the original story or if this is just the fact that my Christmas Carol is the Muppets Christmas Carol. I'll just say, hell yeah, I'll just say that <laughs> out, yeah. out, out loud. And the fact that they ruthlessly own uh, Scrooge in that yes. version is yeah. is actually like that's a very significant character beat because he realizes that the people who are nice to him actually don't like him, right? Um, and it that I think is a significant character shift for Scrooge where it's like, Oh, like actually people think I'm a piece of shit. Even the people (laughs) that I take for granted and don't think anything of. And part of this is just that Michael Caine is a terrific actor and really sells Scrooge feeling like 
broken down and down and you know like shitty after he's like oh wow you know i'm almost part of this party um and whereas like in this movie like his brother's family genuinely likes him and is sad that he's not there and it, you know it just it just doesn't it, it it doesn't hit the same way it doesn't quite have that that slight tinge of like sadness right mm-hmm. and, and and his brother gets a vcr how, what, the, what the hell a top well, of the v- line a top of the line VCR. top of the line one but, but not because <laughs> not because frank gave it to him yeah that's right that's, <laughs> that's right. where i mean that's also where he finds out that grace actually uh it gave him the vcr against his own orders <laughs> to not give him the vcr um but yeah, I mean, yeah, I don't, I don't disagree with you, uh, uh, Kurt. I, I do think that it's a weird one because if if we're we are basing it off of uh, the the original, like the source material, then um, it, it should probably follow that. I guess that this was like their weird subversion of that, where instead of instead of uh, you know owning him and making him mad, like <laughs> he, he would be, just be shitty to them even more. Yeah. Uh, so I guess once you've set up that uh, Frank Cross is just so shitty and petty that he would not ever allow that to happen or, or not allow it to happen without being uh, answered for something, uh, I guess that's the, the 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 move you make, right? You make it that his brother actually does sort of is concerned about him. You know, he never shows up. Yeah, you know, there's there's nothing really to. Uh, know whether he's he's bad or good uh or he's generally worried about him not uh not necessarily like sitting there going like ah that bastard Hmm. but um and so then we move on to well he shows up at the uh, on the set again and by then uh there is this other subplot which uh which involves uh uh john glover uh slowly taking over production of the Scrooged uh, show. And he, you know, as he, every time he comes back, he's sort of like deeper and deeper in, in, uh, in John Glover's uh, territory, uh, Bryce Cummings. Uh, and by this point, you know, he's basically become the guy that's running the show uh, because he's been off. Yeah. It's a nice, it, it's a nice character turn slash character beat because um, it, it makes, it makes Scrooge feel or, you know, these Scrooge analog feel vulnerable in a business sense in a way that he typically doesn't where like you realize that actually like him being a fucking asshole isn't actually good for business either. Like it's, (laughs) it's clear that, you know, it's clear that like there's this guy like muscling in on his, his turf and that like people are kind of concerned that maybe he's, you know, losing the thread a little bit and then and then Bryce Cummings is a great I love that he's um this is this is this is a very late 80s thing but he's like the sinister west coast guy yes which yes, is, which yes. Is a really nice the California term. guy yeah we, exactly <laughs> yes yes he's the California guy and we did uh we did uh a podcast uh recently with uh Hit Factory uh which is a delightful podcast which if you if listeners haven't listened to you should go listen to it they've been on on this podcast as well uh, yes, yes they have and um we did it on uh the uh, what was it 1997 Kurt Russell film great breakdown i think um and and you you could tell that, that that film had been in the writing process for a while because very much a similar sort of like business like you know sinister businessman kind of type character or like dark the, the dark the dark business climber 
Um, yeah. And and Bryce, Bryce Cummings feels like like a variant of that, where it's like he's the shitty West Coast, like oh bro, yeah man, you know you know take take it easy. I'll have the California you know health plate, uh, no dairy. It's 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 great. <laughs> yeah, it's, yeah, it is. It is very much like if he could have ordered sushi and people got what he meant in, in 1988, he would have done it. Yeah, you know, they would have written that in. Yeah. Um, but um, but yeah, it's it, it. I think that that's where it really starts to to hum because then that's where you get the scene where he shows up on set. Um, yeah, he kind of has like a freak out because he he's like uh, he sees Bryce like directing, like he's like yeah, yeah, with, and then, with the bull, the bullhorn and everything. Yeah, and then he's like uh, you know sending people off to lunch and stuff like that, and he he really understands at that moment that oh he's 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 in charge and I'm not. What is going on here? Um, and that's where he's he sort of like escorted onto the uh, elevator where he sees the the prop. Like the the ghost of Christmas future uh, costume guy yeah. uh, in the elevator, and he freaks the fuck out because it, it it's a giant guy, like it's a giant skeleton wearing a robe <laughs> with <laughs> with red glowing eyes. He was like, "Yeah, that that would be that would be scary. Yeah, it sure would." <laughs> but he's escorted back up to his uh, his his office, you know, way back up in the building. And then the real ghost shows up. And honestly, it, oh, my God, I I remember watching this and getting a little freaked out because it's it's done super well. Yes. Um, the 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 fact that he's got like uh, these these Oz, Ozymandias like super yeah. super screen uh, <laughs> behind him. Yeah. You see like the the Grim Reaper looking thing just yep. you know, sort of like looming over, like creeping across the television screens. It's so good. It's such yeah. a great effect. And and the big giant like skeleton hand comes out of it. Like um, I, you know, and I, I think it's like, it, it, it's appropriate that like the, the ghost of Christmas future is coming from the TV because like, if he continues to dedicate himself to, you know, the, the business career that he's, he's been going forward that like that would be his future is like you know just chaining himself to the tv and so i i think that that's an appropriate thing and it also has another really good uh special effects gag when he opens the the robe that, and that's that's great again yeah. a, oh, a very so gremlins good. moment and it's fucking horrifying i was impressed it, by that. no i, <laughs> I i'm uh, like i was freaked out when i saw like because there's a tv one and then when he meets him again in the in the elevator and like his his face is just a blank tv Yes. Yeah. <laughs> well, oh, I didn't get that. That that that's why he looks. He's making sure that it's actually a ghost. Yeah. Well, okay. And, and, I get that now. Yeah. So, and when he opens the robe, and there's like the like little like demons things in like the like rib cages. <laughs> my like, my that, mind. That's straight out of the original story. Like that. Well, the original yeah, yeah, story yeah. has that. I love that he looks well, a second time. <laughs> yes, yeah. Yes, yes. Um, and they have that effect where the like uh, it lights up his face. Yeah. <laughs> and, and it's sort of like there's a little bit of, I guess they have some fans, like when they do the shot, because it's like uh, it's like an over the shoulder uh, of the ghost shot where he opens the robes and like his it blows his hair back a little bit. Yeah. <laughs> it's so yeah. good. Yeah. Um, but where my mind went was... Uh, was uh, uh, the the Freddy Krueger was it the Dream Warriors, where he have get, not he seen starts that getting oh you haven't seen it it's, no I haven't it's, um I don't know whether it's good I enjoyed it when I saw it way mm -hmm. back when but he starts getting like the 
he opens up his robe and you can see like the the souls that he's captured sort of like stretching his skin out and blah blah just very very similar type of vibe anyway the point is that it's a creepy ass dark ass uh turn like a lot of the I, i do think that there's a lot of uh very sort of grim uh scenes in this in this entire movie it was uh I think Ebert thought it was it's just too grim and and a, a mess of there, some sort. There are a couple scenes. Oh, okay. So there's a there's a very unique uh, visual um, sense to some of the set design, in particular, um, Bill Murray's office. Oh, where yes, it's yeah. all like solid black is like more mm-hmm. pa- like more Bateman than Patrick Bateman. Like it's like it's it's like it's like extra double American Psycho, where it's like everything I, will be black marble with like blue lighting and like crystal. I, 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 I love the bit where that he goes into like his like side room where there's like you know a washroom type thing and uh above and be- below <laughs> the window it says like it looks like a, de- a dictionary definition of cross and it says like something you nail somebody to <laughs> yes yeah that was great um and then the the other the other very striking visual um is uh the uh, crematorium which oh which yes is not, the cre- crematoriums do not usually look <laughs> like that but that was <laughs> but if they did that would be cool <laughs> i mean uh, <laughs> it's, it, it, it's both it's both uh, minimalist and brutalist at the same yeah, it's, time. It's, it's yeah, it's like a giant slab. It's like a giant slab wall of marble with like a almost like a pizza oven type type yeah, yeah. <laughs> cremation it's oven. Just, they're gonna just use the the stone the stone oven uh, to, to bake with them up the good big, with like the big fucking wooden paddle. <laughs> yeah, yeah. You you know what's a big swing in, in that whole future section that I thought was like worked really well is when he when he goes to look uh see Claire uh and. Um, visiting like she, uh calvin or whatever yeah or yeah no no, no. um claire claire the girlfriend uh karen allen oh, oh um, yeah yeah yeah. where and, she's like and dressed she's up like, like rejected her like life of like dedicating yes. herself to the poor and she's like decided to be a rich and stuff like that but she's like her makeup is like this like pancake white makeup and like it's very like it's, it's very I, blade runner isn't it yes it's or, or <laughs> I, you know i was thinking almost like terry gilliam like brazilis brazil type type thing yeah well, yeah I, I thought that was a nice little like touch that like yeah i think when when uh when he also looks in on uh grace visiting uh calvin who's now grown up and he's like in a insane asylum or like a, a you know some sort of uh, sanitarium and uh he he sort of like you know sort of like shrinks away from it and goes down the hallway and the hallway sort of skew yes yeah uh, that was a real Brazil touch for me. Yeah, it's like a, a a triangular hallway that is somehow yeah not exactly level either. Yeah, it's like the, yeah, like German expressionism or whatever. The 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 thing that didn't work for me is when he finds uh, Herman, the unhoused uh, person yeah. who who mm-hmm. uh, uh, Claire had been trying to help, like f- frozen like a like a popsicle. <laughs> <laughs> like like in in like the the, Sitting, the down under area of yeah uh, like a maintenance tunnel that yeah, was a s- bit weird <laughs> sitting up and holding a watch out just to let you know like oh this is the same guy from before like yeah that that was and and, and here's the weird part is that b- because that's actually still uh the present so like he's he's dead <laughs> he actually yeah. is uh does seem to be dead because you, <laughs> you see his ghost at the end of the film. oh yes. yeah yes Yes, yes at, at the, the you know, yeah the return the uh, return of the Jedi section. <laughs> <laughs> well, I mean, to your point, uh, Chris, uh, when you were talking about like uh, 
like the whole sequence where you know this is you know, the ghost of Christmas future represents like what will happen to Frank if he does not sort of peel himself away from the TV aspect of this. Yeah, it, it does feel very much like you know Luke looking at his hand and noticing that it's a robot hand and you know making the connection between Darth Vader and himself. Yeah. Uh, so you know I don't know. Uh, if it's if it was that uh, spelled out, but <laughs> yeah. I'm just imagining that like, what if the takeaway of like the Luke robot hand thing is supposed to be him being like, damn, I have to get better at lightsaber fighting. <laughs> <laughs> you know, he's like, shit, I could be robot all over. <laughs> awesome. <laughs> just takes the wrong the wrong message away. Um, but yeah, so I. Did you know, or would you be shocked to know that that entire sequence at the end where Bill Murray, you know, starts talking about the miracle and, you know, what, and then you'll want it to happen to you, uh, apparently was off script. That makes sense. Uh, that makes sense. Uh, yeah. And somehow, I don't know, like, apparently the uh, the original uh, writers uh, got really pissed. <laughs> they were not happy. Well, I, I'm glad you brought that up because um, the original, the writers are Mike Donahue and um, I'm blanking on the uh, other guy's Donnelly, names. I think it is. Yeah, right? uh, uh, Mitch Glazer apparently. Um, they, but those those were like S old school SNL guys, uh, and, and Michael O'Donohue is um, particularly known for being uh, like a, a very kind of like out there. Um, kind of writer. He he did like a uh, Uncle Mike's movie Mondo video type thing. Like so, like their their whole thing is like, oh, we're we're kind of like in your face, kind of like comedy writers type of thing. So I I could see where they would um very much cringe at like the overly sentimental uh ending that Bill Murray did in in that speech. Uh, yeah, it's That's it's weird. It feels it feels off script, and you keep being like, is this. Like, is this going anywhere? Like, it keeps what is this going doing? and going. Here's okay, okay. I am ready to deploy the take that I mentioned that I had oh, at yes. the beginning of the film, at the, at the beginning of the episode, which is um, you'll notice that uh, the, the film, as far as I can recall, does not give any indication that Bill Murray's weird barging onto the TV show is well received by viewers. <laughs> uh, and in fact, Bobcat Goldthwait's character, uh, Laudermilk, even says. Um, you're probably not going to be president of the uh, you know network tomorrow, um, and uh, it, by by all accounts, everyone seems to want to fire him. So um, instead of this being the redemption of Scrooge, it, it you can also just kind of view it as Scrooge like having a nervous breakdown and like like a dissociative episode and just completely <laughs> losing his shit and ruining his his like life and and uh, career because there's no actual indication that that anybody except for the staff likes what he's doing um <laughs> as opposed to like in 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 you know a christmas carol typically it's like okay this is like, clearly everybody likes that scrooge is no longer an a-hole everyone's happy with him in this it also just kind of feels a bit unhinged to be honest <laughs> well i you you mentioned that and i suddenly remembered like this could have been his network moment right yeah where he's yes. like suddenly gripping the podium, you know, 
<laughs> I want uh, you to. I want you to. I want you all to go to your windows, and I want you to lean out, and you and you shell. Boy, do they still have that goose in the window? <laughs> <laughs> because I mean, a part of it is that it does capture that feeling where they they've like the you you see that the people in the control booth are like, yeah, oh oh oh, what is he going to do next? Oh, stay on him, stay on him. Yeah, and they keep on tracking, you know, like whatever he's doing because you know. It, Regardless of you know whether he's going to have a job to, you know tomorrow or not, it's good TV because it's like this is something that I have not seen before. You know, yeah. everyone woke up and they're like, "Yeah, this is interesting. I don't know what's going to happen to yeah. it, but fuck it." I, I, I love that like this whole thing like brings him and Claire back together, but then he takes a moment to like make out with that like solid gold dancer. <laughs> that was <laughs> well, yes. it's, it's bef- before that, and he's like, he does the the, the asshole move of, like that. That was good, but not great. And you're like, yeah. motherfucker, come on, man. <laughs> <laughs> She's right there, dude. <laughs> he just slapped her. He the, just insulted her. The, come on. We would be remiss to not mention though that since we alluded to it before though that this is this is really where uh, the Bobcat Goldthwait character like really shines. It, you yes. know, he's b- between like chasing him around the offices and trying to kill him with a um, shotgun, yeah, with, yeah with, with a with, with like a huge Elmer Fudd, huge like hunting yes. shotgun, <laughs> yeah, um, which which he which he uh, lampshades nicely because he, he does say you know you know come here wabbit, yes, <laughs> yes, 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 yeah. Also, also uh, a uh, a breech loading shotgun, so he literally gets like two shots and then you know has to like reload the gun. Um, but uh, but but then like basically he basically uses um louder milk to to take the control booth hostage and and make them film him as as he does this and he also ties up uh bryce cummings um and uh humiliates humiliates and uh destroys his uh career so which again is a very is a very unreformed scrooge thing to do so it kind of yeah. makes me feel like like this character is uh, nice, but no less ruthless. Now <laughs> which, which is well, great, yeah. honestly. Like, I after watching the film, I did. I was actually a little bit nervous that he was just going to be like a nice guy and everybody would would love him. And it is kind of a bit more off kilter uh, mm-hmm. than that. It, it is a very 1988. Um, there's a bit of there's a bit of chaos energy. Yeah, yeah. there's a bit of well, <laughs> I also found it really, really sort of funny where it's like, yeah, and the girl that I love more than anything else, blah, blah, blah. And then he's like, and now I have to show you. It's like the guy that needs to post on Facebook, you know, that his relationship's really great. <laughs> you mean Kevin so Smith? So he needs to show the entire, well, I wasn't going to name names, but uh, but yeah, it's that weird uh, move where you're like, yeah, my relationship's great because I posted this in front of the whole world. You got to yeah. know this. It's just such a such a a move, which I think, uh, to your point, Kurt, does uh, sort of, yeah, it sort of points to the fact that he he's he may have he may be you know a nicer capitalist, but just not you know still ruthless and and awful in certain ways. Yes, and he hasn't he hasn't let go of the TV. He's just sort of stepped back a little bit. Yeah, and and, and that unhoused gentleman is uh, unfortunately still still dead, as far as we know. Yes. Yes. Uh, no, we we know he's dead. Actually, he's yeah, like because you mentioned he's he's, he's, he's like a he, ghost. Yeah, he's one of the ghosts. Yes, uh, who's very happy I, to be there. I, I do I, like. I though. almost go. No, sorry. Go. go no, I said. I, I I was just gonna say that I almost said a, a g- 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 ghost. Oh, yeah. <laughs> yes, yes. Um, I do like though uh, how um, Bill Murray starts addressing the theater audience. 
Yes. Like, it, mm-hmm. it just kind of transitions from the show directly into the credits and it breaks the fourth wall. I like that. I miss yeah. I miss stuff like that. It kind of reminds yeah. me of, I, I, I don't know. It, Clue the, the, doesn't the end, end this way, but it kind of gives me like a Clue vibe. I don't know in, in what the way. The end of uh, Ferris Bueller. Yes, thank you. There you go. Yes, are you still here? Yeah, go, go away. You still here? Go, or go or there's that, the moment in Gremlins 2 where the film strip where the film breaks and <laughs> Hulk Hogan has to like shout down the gremlins and stuff. Well, you, you do know that that's different on the, uh, when it came out on VHS, right? Uh, I don't know. I don't think I did know that. Oh, so uh, in the VHS. So that's the theater, uh, release. The VHS starts having like those tracking, Oh uh, yeah, the oh, tracking bars. I love it. And then it, they, they insert other shit. Like it's been taped over. Wow. You know, uh, I, yeah, I've, they should have that on like because I, I've saw, I saw Gremlins two on like Blu-ray and they they had the the Hulk Hogan version so I they should have like the they should have both both yes, versions yes agree I agree I agree um, but anyway yeah uh, so I, I I you know I I I do think that this has become sort of like a a a, a habit a a Christmas uh, or a holiday sort of movie for me. Um, I, I never really got into Die Hard. So, you know, uh, you can, anyone that wants to see it, it's fine. Go ahead. But this one, this one actually sort of, I do think that it does something. Uh, it sort of modernizes A Christmas Carol. And I don't know. Does it have something to say? I, I think it does a little bit more with the source material. Uh, I'm not entirely sure if the message is as coherent as, all that, but I do enjoy it. I don't think it has a lot to say. Um, no. I'll say it does a good job of depicting the particular uh, psychoses of you know late eighties, early nineties business culture. Um, it, it does a good job with that. It definitely has like it's 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 one of the most uh, biting, I would say, depictions of kind of that that world especially of you know of the time uh and i enjoyed it from that from that aspect but it did kind of feel like it doesn't quite bring it home however in in terms of being like you know a a cult christmas movie i i think it's it's a it's a pretty terrific one yeah it's it's one of the you know it has that sentimental end but it doesn't have the um you know like the cloyingly sweet parts of it like it's it's still has like bill murray still brings his like kind of like you know like i said before like a you know almost like an you know his acerbic kind of like style to it so it's there's it's it's not you know the you know a, a plateful of, of sugar there's still some stuff there to, to leaven it yes yeah yeah i agree <laughs> all right I, i'm just I, i'm laughing at the th- there's a the, when he's at the very beginning when bill murray is like listening to the the commercials that were produced by his executives that he hated. He 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 uh, opens his drawer, looks down, and there's just a mirror, and he smiles at himself. I, that was oh, that was so that was great. I, it also I, I also it, this didn't occur to me. Uh, they they also show the gun in his drawer that he later uses to uh, oh. to shoot at his boss or his <laughs> yeah, his at, old at boss, Lou. his old mentor. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> which which he uh, then uh, f- every time he fires goes. Blam, blamo. <laughs> oh yes, and and then he says, uh, and then um, his boss says, like, I don't mind you shooting me, but but you know, watch out <laughs> Take for it the easy Bacardi. On the Bacardi. <laughs> uh, I, I do want to say, um, there is uh, there is a very off color and insulting joke 
to the good people of uh, Chernobyl, implying that something would have been wrong with their vodka. No, 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 sir. No, sir. It was it was fine. Don't worry about it. Um, credit to that joke uh, goes to my wonderful and, and, uh, be- and beautiful wife. <laughs> excellent <laughs> all right well uh i guess uh were, were those our last thoughts on the matter yep uh all it's right. no muppets christmas carol but it's it's good yeah come on i mean come on it's i don't think many things can be the muppets christmas it could have used some more muppets is all i'm saying <laughs> <laughs> sure <laughs> it's just muppets everything you know imagine okay but okay but okay 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 but imagine if instead of bill murray if it had been uh, kermit um mm. and you know so or, on if, or and so on you there. know one of these days, I'm going to be talking about Mr. Magoo's Christmas Carol on a podcast, and you're all going to be blown away. That's that is that is my Christmas <laughs> Mr. Carol. Mr. Magoo's Christmas Carol. Yeah. Did he did he bring this, his glasses this time? Because how's he going oh, to no. see anything? No. They and they make they. Oh, Carlo, you don't even understand. The Does help, he how fall much into they... the grave because he can't see that it's there? <laughs> no. So the, okay. There's a really good funny joke where at the very end, you know, when he's like, he yells to the boy to get the turkey and stuff like that. And he starts running out the door and he, uh, there's like a mirror, but right next to it is a bust of an ancestor who happens to look like Magoo. Uh, so he, he, he looks, instead of looking in the mirror, he looks at the bust and he's like, oh, oh, look at me. Look at me. I'm forgetting my hat. And it's just, uh, I don't know. It's a very, it's a very funny joke. <laughs> okay. Excellent. All right. <laughs> I, I, I was about to bring out the Kermit uh, impressions, but that, that one, that one beat it. So um, in any case, uh, Kurt, Chris, uh, please tell our fine, fine folks where they can find stuff that you're in. Sure. Parents uh, just don't understand podcast, yep. bloodknife.com, bloodknife. Uh, go, we go were, yeah, we were just on um, Hit Factory podcast, like Kurt was saying, to listen to talk about Breakdown, which is an excellent movie. Terrific. Uh, and that was a really fun episode. Yes. We also, yes. We, we also uh, I will say, we just recorded uh, what is going to be a terrific episode of uh, Lemon Party. Um, yes. Late, yeah. Lately known, nay, uh, we need to talk about Kevin. Um and uh, that that is a uh, terrific podcast uh, previously about Kevin Smith and currently about the films of Jack Lemmon um, about the film Missing. So that should be out uh, in the near future with uh, with the wonderful Trevor and Valerie. Mm-hmm. All right. Well, uh, I do want to thank you both for coming by. Uh, both ghosts of uh, Christmases uh, of varying timelines. And um <laughs> I do want to thank our uh, listeners for tuning in to this little Christmas gift. Uh, So thank you again, and we'll catch you next time on Podside.